God of grace, God of mercy, God of wonder and surprise, God of deserts and valleys and wildernesses, God of temptation, of meeting us in it. Help us, O oh God, to be yours this day, for the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts to be acceptable to you, to be joyful in you. And if they aren't, help us to recover, to start again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When's the last time you were really, truly in a wilderness? In a place where there was no path to get out? where there was no map through, where there were no humans or houses or evidence of inhabitation, of population of any kind. When's the last time you were in a wilderness, like Jesus was called to in this story? I'm gonna go ahead and guess that the answer is uh, not recently and maybe not ever. And you know why? Because of this. <laughs> uh, because of this. Um, now, I thank God every day for Google Maps because without it, I would be lost in the streets somewhere. I would not be here preaching to you. I would never have gotten anywhere that I ever planned on going in my whole wide life. <laughs> but one of the things um, that is true about our era, about our experience, is that humans want to be present in more and more places. We want to make our mark on more and more of this earth. And so there are fewer and fewer places that just are, where there aren't houses or roads or maps or paths, fewer places that are wild. Even the wildest places I can think of, I've been um, Olympic National Park maybe, or off in a forest in the woods where I used to live in Wisconsin. Um, every day more and more of it is mapped. More and more of it is paths. But the wilderness, the wilderness is where we are invited to go. It's where Jesus is invited to go in this time after he has just been baptized into ministry and told that he is the son of God. It says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, just like it led John the Baptist into the wilderness, into a place where you can't see what comes next, where there are no paths or no houses, where none of the stuff that you're used to is present. This is the place where Jesus is called to prepare for ministry. And so, let's think about wilderness. <laughs> and what does he do when he gets there? He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasts. Uh, we were discussing before worship, someone asked me, what kind of fast was it? Because there's a lot of different kinds of fasts, right? Some people say that they're fasting. That means basically no meat, right? But they can eat all of the eggplant and mushrooms that they want. Some people say fast. They're not drinking any water. They're not eating anything. Uh, we don't know what kind of fast Jesus' fast was. Maybe he was catching some wild rabbits in his desert wilderness. Uh, but it sounds like it was a fast fast. It sounds like he was hungry because the scriptures say he was famished. He was famished. Uh, and then something happens that I'm going to read to you now. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. 
So he's just been told that he's the son of God, and the devil starts by questioning it, right? If, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Next time someone quotes you scriptures that do not accord with your experience of yourself or of God, remember that Jesus said, it is also written. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. This is where the drag race gif comes up on the, you know. Um, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. This is what happens when Jesus goes to the wilderness, when Jesus fasts, when Jesus is hungry. And it's a good thing to talk about in this Lenten time. Some of you may never have celebrated Lent before, but what Lent is is this time in the Christian tradition when we prepare our souls and really investigate them and look at them, as Connor said, right? Taking a look at ourselves, reflecting on ourselves before the resurrection joyful party celebration of Easter. It's a time... To look, it's a time to wander in the wilderness, uh, the wildernesses that you probably have been in, <laughs> which aren't the physical ones, but the emotional ones, <laughs> and the psychological ones, and the wildernesses that find all of us, no matter who we are or where we are. To dwell in those wildernesses and to think about where God is with us in them, and to find who we might be in those wildernesses. And it's a tradition that you may have seen, right? You may have seen a lot of posts yesterday. I'm giving up social media for Lent. See you in 47 days. Anybody see those, right? Uh, no, no, someone's like, no, none of my friends give up social media. <laughs> Never. Um, I'm giving up chocolate. I'm giving up cheese. I'm giving up wine. There's this practice of fasting during Lent that comes here from Jesus' 40 days. And a lot of people, I think, um, have questions about why fasting is what we would do. After all, uh, doesn't fasting put you at risk? The first thing I see when I uh, see that, right, it says Jesus was hungry after his fast and then the devil came. I think of the spiritual wisdom of the recovery movement of 12-step programs, which has taught us, halt. <laughs> if you are hungry, uh, angry, lonely, or tired, stop. Don't do it. Don't make the decision. Don't do the thing. Don't go to the place because all of those things will put you at risk. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And Jesus is H for sure. And he may be ALT. And the devil comes to him in that time of vulnerability. Doesn't fasting make us vulnerable, right? Doesn't fasting um, put us in a weaker place and not a stronger place? Why would we do it? The other question we have about fasting, living in the world that we do, is doesn't it feed into a lot of the most messed up parts of our culture, right? Uh, there are already a thousand diet plans out there in the world if you want to not trust your body, your instincts, or your hungers. Why add a new one? But fasting is what Jesus does, and I think it's because he's doing a different kind 
of fasting, not one that is about proving that you can uh, uh, attempt a feat of strength. It's not one that's about saying, I have restricted myself, and so I am worthy. I am the best dieter of them all, and so I am stronger than you, and I get the things I want. It's fasting because fasting reminds us, reminds us of who we really are when the tempter asks us, are you really a child of God? Jesus has fasted, and so he knows when the tempter says to him, turn those stones into bread if you're really a child of God. He knows from his time fasting that while we need bread to live, bread isn't what makes us alive, right? While we need bread to live, bread isn't what makes us alive. And that should be the lesson of any fast you undertake for spiritual growth, not uh, to hurt yourself or torture yourself or to feel bad, but to learn what is truly necessary, what makes me alive, and how can I become alive and alert and awake to the world that is around me? When we give up something, uh, it's not that we don't think about it anymore, it's that we think about it all the time, right? It becomes extremely present for us. And in the presence of that um, constant reminder, oh, I wish I had that chocolate, oh, I wish I had that cheese, oh, I wish I had that whatever, uh, we are constantly reminded of why we're doing it, which is for our growth and for God, and to see what the world is like without something. <coughs> A lot of us are walking around uh, addicted to various things, distracted by various things, um, that hurt us and don't help us to be truly human. I, for me, uh, it would be my computer. <laughs> um, I have an automatic, I get home and the people that I love are there and fun things are there and it's automatic to me to open my computer and see if I have any emails or anything to do. Is that true of anybody else? Uh, it's automatic to me to open it and see if there's something that I need to know about in the world, new news, right? As if it's gonna matter that I find it out 45 minutes before I otherwise would have. But it's there, and it, it is keeping me from being fully alive because I have given it all of the power and all of the credit <laughs> in my spiritual life and my wholeness, right? Um, I don't say, I am alive because I am a child of God. I don't say, I am alive because uh, there is joy and community to be had. I say, I am alive because I have checked the news and checked my email, and I am not behind on my work. <laughs> Uh, and that's just not true. And a real fast, a true fast, helps to remind us of what is really real and really beautiful. So for some of us, maybe it's giving up food, although I think it's, uh, if that works for you, absolutely do it. But for more and more people, that's complicated, right? It's complicated. It feeds into disordered eating that's already a part of your life, or it feeds into disordered uh, views of yourself that are already a part of your life. So I want to give you a couple more options for ways that you might have the insight that Jesus had, which was, I am a child of God no matter what the world says to me, and these aren't the things that make me who I am. One, I had a friend who did uh, a mirror fast. They had become um, so obsessed with, right, like, am I pretty enough? Am I good looking enough? Will people want to date me? Will people think I'm worthy? It had become such a painful experience for them. They fasted for Lent from mirrors. And all of a sudden they remembered, 
my appearance isn't what makes me alive, right? My appearance isn't what makes me a child of God. My inherent value and worth is. I once, uh, I have anxiety and depression, and I was really in a couple of months cycle where I was very, very anxious. My husband calls it hamster wheeling, <laughs> where I'll, I'll fixate on a thing and then I'll go around and around and around and around and around. And I was feeling like the world was really dangerous. Um, and uh, so I decided to fast from murder, not from murdering people. I don't murder people. Um, but anytime I was watching a TV show or reading a book or listening to the news and murder or rape became a plot point, I turned it off. And you guys, our culture is really, really full of violence and fear. And after a few weeks of turning all of that off, all of a sudden I didn't feel so scared anymore <laughs> walking out into the sidewalks. There are a lot of things that are keeping us from knowing that we are children of God, <laughs> that are keeping us from knowing how beloved we are. And we could fast from all of them. <laughs> we could fast from fear. <laughs> we could fast from resenting others. We could fast from competition and comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. What if every time you found yourself comparing yourself to somebody else, you just said, no, not now, <laughs> not this time. What if you fasted from the things that kept you from knowing that you are beloved and a child of God, that kept you from thirsting for all that the tempter puts before you to say, this is why I'm worthy instead? How might it change your life? For Isaiah, the fast of giving up didn't work. For Isaiah, he had to adopt a fast of action. The fast he chose, right, was um, removing the yoke, breaking the chains of oppression in his community. The fast he chose were going out and being braver and being more active because that hadn't been a part of his life before, and he knew that that's where God was leading him, into that wilderness. There are all kinds of fasts and all kinds of wildernesses. But I would bet that all of us have been stuck in a place where we didn't know the path forward, where it has been hard for us to remember how much God loves us, how worthy we are, and how valued we are on our own. When you imagine yourself in that place, not the physical wilderness, but the emotional one, what is keeping you from knowing how precious you are? What is keeping you from being connected to the spirit that leads us on, the spirit that says follow God and worship, the spirit that says the world and you can be redeemed? Whatever that thing is, that's the thing to fast from this Lent. Not to prove anything to anybody or even to prove anything to yourself, but to see, to experiment with what makes you truly alive and what doesn't because all of us find ourselves in wilderness times, and all of us could use some help in figuring out how to find the Holy Spirit that will get us out of them. Amen? Amen.